0: welcome to of course i'm analyzing you because duh we all do it i mean us humans are super fascinating wouldn't you agree (laughs) i'm your host sheena lotus and this episode we are taking a dive into one of my favorite western astrology houses the infamous eighth house I'm prefacing today's episode by saying this, especially since what I'm about to say next really ties into some of the associations of the eighth house. You know, we humans tend to underestimate, and I will say we really do underestimate this ability, but we underestimate our ability to cope with negative emotions, specifically heartbreak, grief, sorrow, and rage. We also underestimate our ability to survive traumatic situations and circumstances. From my observation, it's this universal belief, insecurity, struggle, whatever you want to call it, that's commonly projected onto the eighth house, and it skews a lot of new astrology students' perceptions of the eighth house. just something to sit with. In what areas of your life currently are you underestimating your ability to cope? Traditionally, the eighth house is known as the house of sex, death, and all things gloom. Yep, you heard that right. Sex, death, and all things gloom. You know what? Now that I think about it, that sounds like an awesome name for a rock band or better yet a really terrifying haunted house or hell, even the name of a great cocktail that just knocks you on your ass or you just get blacked, blackout drunk after you take one sip of it. <laughs> it's safe to assume that Traditional astrologers due to their current situation and the current culture that they lived in struggled a lot with black and white thinking because their description, in my opinion, of the eighth house is really incomplete. Luckily, with the rise of modern astrology, the description of the eighth house was expanded to include associations that were not so fatalistic. Now, the eighth house is commonly known as the house of sex, deepest levels of intimacy, psychological unions, trauma, trauma bonds that you have with someone, rage, jealousy, fear, death, loss, endings, decay, betrayal, transformation, rebirth, other people's money, specifically real estate, inheritance, and investment, taxes, alimony, shared resources that you have between you and your spouse, psychology, mysticism, occult, paranormal activity, self-mastery, shadow self, hidden secrets, and secret organizations. Because of my eighth house stellium, which means I have three or more of my personal planets, falling into the eighth house of my natal chart. Up until this point, my life has been dominated by eighth house themes, situations, and experiences. And I think it's safe to say that the eighth house will continue to dominate my life because of all of that concentrated energy in this one house. Depending on what house system you use to divide my chart, my sun, my Mercury, my Venus, my Chiron, and my Vertex all fall in the eighth house. Not to mention, my sun is tightly conjunct my Mercury, Chiron, and Vertex in the eighth house, and my Mercury is conjunct my Chiron. See, I told y'all, I have a lot of concentrated energy in my eighth house. Don't know why. I mean, I can speculate, but it's more than anybody needs in one house. And this is the reason why I have so many reoccurring 8th house themes, experiences, and situations throughout my entire life. Specifically, experiences and themes dealing with death, grief, loss, letting go, trauma, psychological unions, um, deep emotional intimacy, as of late, transformation, and rebirth. And when I was younger, I experienced a lot of paranormal experiences. Maybe I will bring up those stories on another episode because they are wild and I got quite a few. One way that my 8th house stellium has constantly shown up in my life is through my family pathologies of under-parenting, codependency, addiction and compounded trauma, specifically psychological and sexual trauma, although there were incidences of physical, verbal, emotional, and spiritual trauma. Before I started doing my personal work, going to therapy diligently, doing my inner child work, doing my trauma work, increasing my knowledge about self-help tools and resources, and increasing my awareness about what was going on in my subconscious, I spent a lot of time over-identified with my trauma and my wounds, which is a great description of an unevolved. And at the time, this my placement was unevolved. It's a great description of an unevolved son conjunct Chiron placement. Specifically for me, my son and Leo conjunct Chiron and Leo in the eighth house. I thought that My wounds and my trauma was everything who I was. Down to my core was my identity. And I spent so much time subconsciously seeking out experiences and situations that would recreate the original trauma that I experienced with the hope and intent that if I went through it again, I would be able to change the outcome my fight and fight response system would be able to complete itself and I wouldn't be stuck in a state of hypervigilance. And I would be able to heal somehow without, af- without actually having to do the heavy emotional work. I would be able to bypass it. And boy, was I wrong. And man, is that a great description of an unevolved, Chiron in the eighth house placement, specifically my Chiron and Leo in the eighth house. And for so long, because of how immature and unevolved my eighth house placements were, I hated being in eighth house place, eighth house stellium. I hated my eighth house stellium. It was so difficult. And I felt like, why did this have to happen to me? And it, of course, with anybody who has experienced trauma, it's really easy for our egos to personalize why. Why is this happening to me? Or it's happening to me because of this, because I'm that. And it's so easy for our egos, especially as children, to personalize someone's actions, especially when it their actions of people that we love like our parents and we want to know like why can't they show me love how I need them to show me love it's it's so easy to personalize it and our ego says it's us because it's harder to accept reality and then once we personalize it it turns into negative core beliefs and those beliefs stay with us and for me as someone with a son in the eighth house (laughs) hello my egos in the eighth house the house that's you know known for trauma as well it was very easy and i just felt like my eighth house stallion was a huge 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 burden and the only positive things that i saw that came out of my eighth house stallion were my strong intuition The fact that I'm a highly sensitive person and the gifts that came with that and the fact that I am a highly perceptive person as well. Not to mention that I have the ability of being able to see someone's psychological layers, their inner child, um, the core of who they are. And really see the good and bad of a person. Um, Because I truly believe that with humans being complex as we are, we do possess good and bad. But being able to see the good and bad of a person and being able to still see their beauty. But outside of that and outside of being an altar, um, because another experience of me being an 8th house stellium is that I'm an altar um, in a sense that people subconsciously can sense that I can carry and handle their shame. So I have had numerous experiences of people I've never met randomly coming up and telling me a shameful secret that they're carrying. And even as an unevolved eighth house stellium at the time, that was heavy for me to process and take on without without taking it on personally. So those were the only positive things that I saw from being an eighth house stellium at the time when I wasn't doing my work. And I absolutely hated it. And I thought the eighth house was a dire freaking house. It wasn't until three years ago, I believe, or two and a half years ago, Three years ago, yeah, three years ago. It wasn't until three years ago when I was about more than halfway into doing my inner child work and really trauma work that I really began to see the beauty and the lessons of the 8th house. I like to say with the 8th house energy, and I wrote about this on Reddit on a post before I deleted it, but with the 8th house energy... And it's similar to Scorpio and Pluto energy, but specifically the eighth house energy. For me, my experience is the same energy that wounded me and that traumatized me when I was able to repurpose it. It was the same energy that transformed me and healed me. And although I have had tremendous amounts of Uh, traumatic experiences at the hands of family members. Uh, There's deep betrayal there. Um, There's deep betrayal with me, with um, my abandonment issues and the abandonment that I experienced from my primary caregivers. I would not trade those experiences in the world because it's gifted me with a deep level of compassion and empathy not only for other people but for myself which is so important um it's so important for us that are doing inner child work especially during those times where we think that we have enough healing like we've set a strong foundation of healing over our trauma and then we're triggered and our trigger doesn't match with our expectation of where we should be at in our journey. And then that inner critic comes up. And now a trigger is now a severe relapse or you just relapse in a sense of you just treating yourself bad. You're talking to yourself negatively. You're beating yourself down. You're neglecting yourself all because your expectation does not match your behavior. And I've been there. Um, It's so important during those moments, having the empathy and compassion, the self-empathy and the self-compassion to be like, hey, just because I've been triggered again, it doesn't negate that, it doesn't negate the healing that I've done in the past several years. Nor does it mean that I will ever feel like, it doesn't mean that I will never feel whole. It just means that I need more healing. And maybe that I should change my expectation. That way I don't feel like a failure when I get re-triggered or when my abandonment issues get triggered. If I was given the option to have my stellium in another house, with the knowledge, appreciation, and understanding that I have of the 8th house now, I would absolutely and immediately decline. Like, nah, nope, keep it in the 8th house. In my opinion, the 8th house is the most beautiful house amongst all 12 of the houses in Western astrology period. There are so many powerful, priceless gems in the eighth house that can only be obtained by going through certain eighth house experiences and situations. Powerful teachings that are powerful gems, specifically self-acceptance. Some of the experiences and themes of the eighth house require us to take an inventory of ourselves, a complete inventory of ourselves to see ourselves as imperfect, complex human beings and challenges us to accept everything about us. We don't have to like it, but accept everything about us. Even your shadow self, which is a domain in the eighth house, the qualities that you think are negative, the qualities that you criticize yourself about, the qualities that you possess are sh- that are shrouded in shame. The teachings of the eighth house ask you or helps you accept those things. Actual self acceptance, which is powerful, that's very powerful for our emotional and mental health. And then, of course, self acceptance within ourselves leads to greater emotional intimacy in our relationships with ourselves, which then in return shows up or is externalized in our relationships with our friends, our family members, and our romantic partners. That self-acceptance that leads to greater emotional intimacy with our relationships with ourselves leads to greater emotional intimacy with others. Another ruler of the eighth house. This teaching of self-acceptance through going through some of these 8th house themes and situations and experiences, another thing that it teaches us is to see the beauty in things that we find ugly. That's why I said, in my opinion, the 8th house is the most beautiful house of all the twelfth houses because the eighth house also represents the fringe of society, the things in society that we deem ugly, that are negative, are shameful. There's beauty in that as well. Like I said, there's so many powerful gems in this house and even thinking about self-awareness and self-transformation that go hand in hand with this house and self-evolution And constantly going through transformational or like going through periods of transformation, which is common for a son in the eighth house. I feel like now I'm constantly or yearly going through periods of self-transformation where I am just shedding a lot of my false self. Two years ago, I thought that I had shed my false self and nope, <laughs> I'm still shedding layers of that false self only to find parts of myself that I repressed or I disconnected from to survive my traumatic environment in my childhood. So no, I would absolutely, if anybody gave me the option, I absolutely wouldn't have a stellium in Other house. But I would say the biggest, biggest, biggest gem of this house that you get from the teachings of its domains and rulers or associations is resilience. And resilience is priceless. It's absolutely priceless. If I wasn't an eighth house stellium, and this is something that I discussed with my therapist. Um, because we said very, she told me very early on when I first started, um, coming to her for therapy that because of the amount of compounded trauma that I experienced as a child, very early on, I was most likely born with such a high level of resilience. And that definitely is my eighth house. To bring this episode full circle, I want to highlight an archetype that aligns with a lot of the eighth house associations that we discussed today. For those of you that don't know, archetypes are historical characters, themes, and situations that represent universal psychological patterns of human nature. We each individually possess 12 archetypes. Some of those archetypes are dormant at times, other times they're active. It just depends on where we're at in our journey. Each archetype possesses a light attribute and a shadow attribute and has an evolutionary path. The archetype that I'm highlighting today is the exorcist archetype, also known as the shaman archetype. The light attribute has the ability to confront evil in the form of possession by destructive or antisocial impulses in oneself and others. The shadow attribute has a fear of facing its own demons. And also attacks the evil and other without having the courage to face his own demons. To learn more about the qualities of your own exorcist archetype or own shaman archetype, look to the sign that is on your 8th house cusp. The qualities and characteristics of the sign on your 8th house cusp are the qualities of your shadow self. These are the qualities that we deny, that we repress, that we hate, that we find weak, that we think are negative, that we really try to disassociate from our personality, but are a part of our personality and identity. By accepting these qualities and characteristics, it leads to greater emotional intimacy in the relationship that we have with ourselves as well as the relationships that we have with others. For any of you that are interested in working through any type of internalized toxic shame, I highly recommend Conquering Shame and Codependency, Eight Steps to Freeing True You by Darlene Lancer. I love this book. I am actually in the midst of doing a book review that I will be posting on my YouTube channel soon about this book, so stay tuned for that. And for those of you that struggle with catastrophizing, I highly recommend buying a copy of Cognitive Behavior Therapy for Dummies, second edition by Rena Branch and Rob Wilson, who are both cognitive behavioral therapists. I absolutely love this book. It is so easy, so practical. A lot of the exercises are really easy to apply. And I highly recommend this for people who struggle with anxiety. Great, 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 great resource. Both of these are. Well, that concludes this week's episode. If you want to check out more of my content, make sure to follow me on YouTube at Sheena Lotus. If you're interested in getting exclusive content or even voting on the content that I make, Go ahead and check out my Patreon at Sheena Lotus. And if you're interested in hearing my random thoughts at all, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Sheena Lotus underscore. Until next time.